Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for the Say Hey Podcast, your San Francisco Giants podcast for the real ones. Available wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Say Hey Podcast and like our page on Facebook. It is episode 66 of the Say Hey Podcast. This is Doug Hayes, a.k.a. Say Hey Doug. It is February 10th, 2022. Bringing in my fantastic co-host, as always, Say Hey Rob. What's going on, Rob? What's going on, man? Happy uh, first uh, first full week of February to you. Yeah, thanks, man. Get, yeah, 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 I know Valentine's is coming up. Thinking about you. Don't worry about it. But, uh, but. Yeah. oh, no, yeah, it's, Hey, hey, if you're listening, I've known Doug my whole life, so it's not weird. But we got, you know, we got a lot of stuff happening right now. We got uh, some l- little progress with uh, Major League Baseball and uh, asshole Rob Manfred. I think we're getting a little closer. And um, I think we all know this is a very special weekend for sports fans. We got the Super Bowl coming up, so that's going to be a good time. And, um, yeah, in these dark issue days of sports that we have here, um things are sort of looking up right now the our, our sacramento kings made some trades doug i mean that that's great how about oh, that man awesome man, was, that was fun to watch last night absolutely lie. yeah sabonis and fox the fox and the ox i can actually get be i i hate the whole nickname thing i can get behind the fox and the ox yeah. i like that that's easy so just so you guys know i mean we we are we're really reaching for positives in the, in the sports world right now <laughs> so here we are but we got some good giant shit to talk about so this is gonna be great i got one real quick my very underachieving michigan men's basketball team this year uh just kicked the shit out of the number three purdue boilermakers tonight so you know what take that purdue oh super nice super nice and actually as we're on that my uh, shitty ass uh, oklahoma sooners beat the number nine texas tech red raiders last night so there we go and yeah boomer while, while we're on it go blue and boomer Doug, Reno, March Madness. I know you got softball, but you got to get up there. Well, man, I wish, but I do have a child coming into this world that's probably yeah, going to put a delay. That's in. right. I'm, I'm going to be an uncle. I keep forgetting. That's this right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think that's the first time we're talking about it on the Say Hey podcast. Uh, Doug's going to be a dad. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, March, late March due date. Excited. Uh, baby girl on the way. So, oh, man. Good things coming towards us. But, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you touched on it real quick, uh, and, and I'm not talking about Super Bowl because I hate the Rams. And I can't believe I'm going to be rooting for a team from Ohio. But anyways, <laughs> oh, um, wow. no, you, it sounded like this morning that maybe a little bit of progress has been made, and 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 we'll talk about it in just a second. But um, you know, we are going to have an episode next week where we'll go into more details regarding the um, player union and the owners and the whole CBA uh situation but um i you know from what i gathered today it sounded like rob manfred who you know f rob manfred but he he himself said he's very optimistic that uh baseball will start on time or really close to on time i mean so even with him saying that like that made me feel pretty good what about you it makes me feel okay like i think he knows that baseball's in no spot to be losing popularity or viewership or just uh any negative exposure right now i don't think base i think he knows major league baseball can't afford it so it makes me feel a little good but you know actions speak louder than words and we just need some fucking baseball dude spring training should be starting next week yeah i think pitchers and catchers are supposed to report like what to this upcoming tuesday or wednesday well i believe so i mean yeah 
and you see it on uh, for everybody who's on Twitter and stuff. I mean, dude, it's, you know, they're cranking up the heat on major league baseball and I like to see it. I'm trying, I'm trying to stay out of it because it just depresses me to be like, Oh my gosh, are we really going to start the season on May 1st potentially? And I don't want to think about that. So I'm just staying positive and hopefully this weekend brings some good news. Yeah, I'm with you. And like I said, we'll, um, you know, we'll dedicate an episode next week uh, to that. Also, uh, we did get confirmation, though, today that uh, there will be a universal DH. So there, uh, the National League is going to get a DH. No more pitchers hitting. Um, I think I'll let you speak for yourself, obviously, Rob, but I think you and I have kind of come along the same way regarding a universal DH. Like I was always let pitchers hit. I want to see strategy from the manager, you know, use pinch runners, work around it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but 2020 seeing the giants have a DH really gave me a whole new thought process on the thing. And it's just like, dude, you, you have guys that can hit just sitting on the bench. Um, and you know, it would be nice to get them three or four ABs in a game in a nine inning game. So I've, I've switched my tune. I'm all in on the DH and, you know, it really opens up uh, when things get going again and free agency uh, comes back. I'll tell you what, that, that op- I know it sounds crazy, but that means like the Giants and they have the money. Hey, Nelson Cruz, you know, come hit for us for two years. All you got to do is hit. And now you can hit in beautiful city by the bay. Like, I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's, it's exciting on that aspect. You got a lot of players uh, that weren't available before that. Now they're yeah. now they're in play. It's a whole another pool of players for far on Scott Harris, and that's super yep. exciting just from a from a fan standpoint because yeah, we've we've never had that uh, you know luxury. But yeah, on the other end of it, I'm gonna miss the strategy part of the game and bunting and you know things like that. And you know I don't want to sound super old up in here, and but you know <laughs> that was. You know, that was the baseball I grew up watching. And yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll get over it really quick. But the National League having that bit of uh, more, the more variables to the game, I guess I, sh- I should say, yeah. as opposed to the American League, you know, I'll miss it a little bit. But now it's, sure. we're all going to be one in the same. And it's just going to be a, it's going to be arena baseball everywhere. So yeah, the whole league Woo! should, yeah. And you know what, people, you know, a lot of us love, pitching and low scoring duels uh but you know the general population of baseball fans they want to see they want to see us some offense and this will definitely help out the national league with runs so and i think we'd all like to see the game grow and yeah and as much as it pains me to say it and and i'm i'm a a hitter i grew up i was a hitter hitter by nature i didn't pitch but you know i'm gonna miss the pitching aspect of the game and three to two games, but you know, people want to see runs, you know, the kids want to see runs. They want to go to they the do. game and they want to see nine to five, nine to six. You know, they don't, they don't give a fuck. They just want to yeah. see action and fun stuff. So true. I, I like to see the game grow. So yeah, next week we'll, we'll dedicate an episode and do uh, some CBA talk last week, episode 65. If you, if you haven't listened to it yet, you know, um, click on the uh, link tree link where all of our episodes are available wherever you listen to your podcast say hey podcast is there so um and we focused on the starting rotation for the giants and kind of did like an evaluation uh you know obviously talking about what guys did last year what we expect them to do this year um so make sure you go uh back and listen to episode 65 tonight i guess you could say it's kind of like a part two of this little mini series we're doing um we're gonna focus on the bullpen and You know, the bullpen last year, uh, up and down, but for the most part up. I mean, this was a really good, solid unit. Um, This is the one thing about the 2021 Giants that I actually got right. Uh, Many other things I got wrong. (laughs) Like, didn't expect the offense to be as good as it was. Didn't expect starting rotation to be as good as it was. You know, 107 wins was way off on that. But I was very optimistic um, about the bullpen. I thought the bullpen was going to have a good year and they did. And, uh, you know, just overall thoughts on the pen in 2021, Rob, like, how did you feel about them going into the season? And, you know, how did they live up to your uh, expectations? Um, I didn't think as highly as them as you did, 
going into the season. <laughs> uh, I'll say that much. I had my concerns just because in, you know, in the, in the, we'll call it the COVID season uh, in the 60 game season. Yeah. You know, when they called up, we did an episode about this, how they called it basically the, the Sacramento river cats just to be the bullpen. And it was almost like open tryouts. And I was like, we, we talked about it. It was like, Whoa, my God, they were really just Farhan in his first real year. It was like, dude, no sign, no bullpen guys, nothing. It was just like, all right, here we go. You, you know, he got Caleb Berger and all these other guys. And just, it was just, it was a shit show basically just the entire river cats bullpen. And for them all to like kind of advance a bit into 2021 and to be a strength of the team with guys like Harlan Garcia and Jose Alvarez and the aforementioned Berger, you know, picking up guys like like Jake McGee and Tyler Rogers coming into his own. Like it became a, a real strength of the team and, and to the point where if they had a lead going to the fifth or sixth inning, you kind of felt good about it. And in, yeah, two years ago, you didn't feel that way because you had no idea who the hell was coming out of that pen. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, um, feeling better. I felt better about it going into 21, but not nearly as good as, as you did. But now going into 2022, you got to, you know, pin it down as a strength of the team. And that's weird to say because these are these are all all guys basically from from the inside. And that's that, that's pretty that's pretty special. You know, now there were there were some. You you make a great point about 2020. You have a bunch of these guys, a lot of them young guys. Could you remember you know, their names? Kind of just you know making major league debuts, or you know like, hey, we're gonna go with you. And yeah, a, a bunch of no name guys, and you know their struggles showed in 2020. But I think, and this sounds cliche, but. I think 2020 was really good for them. I mean, it gave them some game experience in a season in which the Giants, you know, missed the playoffs on the last day of the season. Um, and I think it was good for them. And I, I guess that kind of factored into why I thought maybe they'd be, they'd be more experienced this last year. They kind of know what they're doing. All they did basically in that 60 game season too, was they faced a lot of NL West. And so um, I think it did well for them. I mean, but and it doesn't go without saying, you know, like there were some projects last year that didn't work out. You know, the whole Matt Whistler experience, um, you know, he came in off a great year in Minnesota in 2020, struggled with the Giants, got DFA'd, went to Tampa and actually was okay there, whatever. Then you got like John Brebbia, uh, who was with the Cardinals prior, came over to the Giants, um, fresh off of Tommy John. Uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Didn't have, you know, his greatest year. And then even like a Jimmy Scherfee. I mean, there were there were guys that didn't work out for sure. But then you still have these other guys that, you know, aren't big names. And then you bring in, like you said, a Jake McGee and a Jose Alvarez um, and, a, and a Dominic Leone. Like, who the hell are these guys? Exactly. And you know what? They delivered, man, for the most part. They delivered. So... We're kind of going to talk about what's there now. Again, just like last week, we know that there can be changes. They could add a, a bullpen arm, um, you know, once things get going again. Um, but we're pretty sure we know who's going to be in this bullpen. I think this is maybe the most set uh, unit uh, on the Giants. So, you know, we decided we're going to start at the back end of this bullpen. And um, let's start with... I think we should start with Jake McGee, to be honest. He, you know, kind of became the whole I, – I thought that they would do a, a closure by committee last year, and they kind of did in spurts. But Jake McGee got the majority of the saves last year. Um, he had 31, and uh, which I believe is the first time, you know, anybody's had 30-plus in several years um, for sure. But Jake McGee guy came in, I called him an anomaly last year because he, he basically is just going to throw his heavy four seam fastball. That's going 95 at you. And you know, it's, he just throws it right down the middle, dude. And I said that before the season, when I watched film on him, I'm like, he doesn't hit corners. I don't, I don't know how he's going to do well. And throughout the season, he just continued to do it and succeed. I, I couldn't, I couldn't explain Jake McGee last year. Uh, Jake, Jake McGee in 
everybody was so skeptical of him, you know, kind of being that closer, including myself, because when you think of closers in modern day baseball, you think of strikeouts. Oh, yeah. And Jake McGee didn't really provide that. And he he was a challenger. He was a, you know what, if you're going to beat me, you're going to beat me because I'm not going to fucking walk you. Here it comes. You kind of know it's coming. And <laughs> yeah. which it speaks, it speaks volumes to what he was able to do because, you know, he, come, he comes off of the, um, again, we're going to call it the, the COVID season and with the Dodgers. And he was a, a, a good staple in that bullpen. Didn't close, but he was a seventh, eighth inning guy, you know, you know, setting up for uh, Kenley Jansen. But he was, you know, he was just tough, you know, with the Giants. And he attacked hitters. And I think we, I think we kind of took him for granted, I, I, I want to say, because out, out of all these times, you have these closers come in and they just struggle and they nibble and they go 3-2 on every fucking batter there is <laughs> you know and it, it drives you nuts this fool had 31 saves yeah. on a 107 win team last year and the whole time he was well i mean not him personally but just the kind, kind of the, the back of the bullpen but he, you can call him the the uh, question mark going in, going into all, all these games you can say okay the giants had a lot of leads great but you know he you know, he had no fear out there. I mean, he showed his, his veteran moxie. And I think that was a good example for, for the rest of the bullpen. Now, that being said, do I love the thought of him potentially being the closer going into 2022? Absolutely fucking not. I don't. <laughs> However, he is a he's a he's a he's a need for for this bullpen, and they need him on the back end setting up for we don't know for sure, but a guy like Camilo Duvall, you yeah. know, who, who can strike guys out, but he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't screw around. He goes at pitchers. I can't, what he did last year, it was just nothing but balls, you know, balls to the wall, you know, s- s- total stones. Loved it. I'll wrap up Jake McGee. Like with this, he, he goes at you. I mean, he's going to attack you. you. You touched on that 58 strikeouts, 10 walks. You know, he's just going to go right after you. And, and like I said, he's an anomaly because he he throws that forcing fastball like 93% of the time, like literally. And so I think w- we didn't really know what to expect because he had a good 2020 with the Dodgers. But, dude, he pitched 20 and a third. He, he, he you know, appeared in 24 games, 24 of the 60 games, 266 CRA, 33 strikeouts, three walks. So the numbers were there. But, I mean, prior to that, he was in Colorado and the numbers aren't great, but then you also factor in he's in Colorado, you know, so those numbers are going to be ballooned. And then he kind of had like up and down stuff, you know, a decade ago or so when he came into the league with the Rays. So we didn't really know what to expect from Jake McGee overall though, had a great year. Um, You know, do I expect him to be the closer next year? I don't expect him to be the closer next year. Will he get some saves? I think absolutely he'll get some saves, whether that's, you know, it's other, whoever else is there needs rest and it's Camilo Duvall or Tyler Rogers. Uh, but you know, (laughs) but whatever, I mean, uh, McGee's going to get some saves next year and I, and I'm happy he's back. Yes, me too. The other guy. Yeah. The other guy now I, and we need to speed things up because we're taking way too long, but anyways, Camilo (laughs) Duvall. I love Camilo Duvall. Uh, Rob can can vouch, you know, for me. Like I was on this dude early. I thought he's got some filthy stuff, throwing triple digit, you know, heaters. Um, he came up in April, I believe, early in the year, uh, and was just overmatched, overwhelmed. Um, you know, for a guy that features a fastball slider in his arsenal. And, uh, you know, he, his, his whole season last year was really full circle. And I mean that to <laughs> yes. the final yes. pitch that yes. he threw because I'll sum this up quickly in April, he come up through, came up through way too many sliders and he got hit and, um, you know, then he got sent back down. He still wasn't like fantastic either in Sacramento, but you know what? He comes up in, in to San Francisco in September 
and Jake McGee missed some time and Duvall got some save opportunities and he fucking delivered, dude. Uh, you know, I think he was actually an NL reliever of the week one week in September. Mm-hmm. Um, he had he finished the year with with three saves, um, but you know, he appeared in a handful of games in September and was a huge part of the reason why the Giants clinched the West. Um, he also had five wins last year. He went five and one. I can't, you know, <laughs> it's funny, but um, 37 strikeouts, nine walks. He figured out how to throw strikes late in the year, and he relied heavily on his fastball. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to the postseason, and this is where it kind of gets to full circle. He appeared in three games, his first two games, really good, you know, uh, even got a save. But then, you know, game five, Gabe Kapler goes with him, and what does he do? He throws way too many sliders, you know, um, enough to to get the Dodgers to lead and for them mm-hmm. to hold on in advance. And so that's why I say it kind of went full circle because, you know, we get Duvall in October, and it's like, dude, like, stick to your fastballs. This is what's working, mm-hmm. you know, the, the 98 to 100. And also to factor in, too, I know I'm going on. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. But in April, dude's coming up like, hey, I'm throwing 100, 101. In September, it's like he 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 notched down the velocity a little bit to really get better command, um, and would sit 97, 99 consistently, and he would touch a hundred, you know. But like in O2 counts, you know, when you can rear back and miss a little, I think he learned how to pitch last year. I'm extremely excited about Camilo Duvall moving forward, especially this year. Yeah, I think everything you just said was absolutely nails. Yeah. He shows up in Marlins Park last year, you know, yeah. Philadelphia, you know, just some overwhelming situations for a young pitcher, you know, on the road, you know, it, it sucks. And he didn't come through. And then Colorado, we all remember Colorado, you know, uh, Charlie Blackman, you know, hitting was the, the walk off against him. But, but yeah, he, he gets back, you know, he, he finds his confidence again, you know, takes a little off his fastball and he's located, located, boom. And the slide, and once he got that slider popping too at the same time, Man, he was as nasty as there was in baseball, and I, I really mean that. And yeah, I think I think it showed last year in the playoffs. Yeah, when he when he thinks his fastball is getting, you know, tracked tracked a bit, he relies a little too much on that slider. It got him into some trouble, and that and that that's all right. You know, the Giants asked way too much of that fucker last year, and I, you know, I I love him, you know, for it because he because he he took it with, you know, flying colors. You know, he took it full on. Didn't he? Didn't care. Like everything they threw at him, you know, you know, he answered. So I applaud him for that. And just this year, you know, how can you not be excited about him taking that that closer role? Role, you know, assuming that he's been, you know, been working on, on his stuff in, in the off season. I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy, and everybody knows it. Yeah, I I, I think he's gonna get his shot to be the dude in the ninth inning, and I'm stoked about it because he's 24 years old. You know, I the mean, child. So- um, yeah, really excited. Uh, moving on to the next guy, and that's Tyler Rogers. Now, Tyler Rogers had overall, he had a really good year last year. He appeared in 80 games. You know, that's literally, you know, pretty much half the season, um, which I believe may have led at least the National League. And, and mind you, in, in 2020, in 60 games, he was right there at that same percentage. He appeared in 29 of the 60 games in 2020. So, you know, basically every other game, you're going to see Tyler Rogers out there. You know, this is the guy, funky guy, side armor, um, who was really good, except when he was closing 13 saves, which is not bad uh, when you're like, oh, it's second on the team. But he also had, you know, six blown saves. Um, and, you know, especially when you would see him come in against the Dodgers, which he just doesn't match up well against in the ninth inning, it's worrisome. But, you know, he's also a reverse splits guy. Um, you know, he is statistically better against left-handed batters. But I I, I enjoy Rodgers getting seventh, eighth inning looks. And, you know, Gaffler's – a guy that is not afraid to go to back end a worthy uh, bullpen arms earlier in the game. I mean, we saw uh, Tyler Rogers in the sixth inning, seventh inning sometimes. And then, you know, obviously eighth and he got some save ops in the ninth. So 
Rodgers is just kind of like his go-to guy. Like if he just needs a guy to get an inning or two, he's going to go to Tyler Rogers. So I I'm totally cool with Rogers being kind of like that setup. One of the setup committee guys. Love it. Yeah, I, absolutely. He, he was kind of like, you know, this, uh, this giants era is like Scott air, you know, he just, he specializes in, in location. You, he doesn't blow you yeah. away. You know, he, and air, man. He, yeah, I mean, it's, it was the same thing. You know, he didn't blow people up, but he was low, his location was precise. And yeah, especially now when you have this whole era of people trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark, you know, he makes he makes guys roll over, pop up, and it just it's not sexy by any means because we all talk about oh god, we want these late inning guys to go out. But, you know, you want the ball put in play. You know, just things that and, you know, screw that, man. Like if, if he's getting soft contact and and, and pop ups the way he has last, not just last year. You know, he started off slow in, in the COVID year, but then he, then, then he came on. So that shows a lot in, in his growth right there because a lot of people you get slapped around early like that, especially by teams like like the Dodgers. And he did last year as well with the Dodgers. It's just a bad matchup, leaving things up. You know, a lot of floating pitches up in the chest. You know, when he's not on. That shows a lot of growth, a lot of, you know, mental fortitude. And I think he's he's a rarity in, in the game now. And for Gabe Kapler to stick with him, when even in, in those close, closing situations when none of us want, wanted him to go in last year, that says a lot about, about him and the way he, the way he carries, carries himself and the confidence he, he, he must bring to, to the park day in and day out. So – you know, you you can't help but be excited about having him, you know, get more experience and move, you know, moving forward. And hell, you know, he's done with Taylor Rogers, his twin brother, who's better yeah. than him. You know, yeah. so you 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 know, who else is he hanging out with in the off season? You know, not the Giants. So <laughs> so he's got to be getting better, and I'm just excited to see how he can progress and maybe add a, you know, add a little strikeout piece to to his game. You know, because he's funky as hell. We we know that. Yeah, he doesn't throw hard, but um, nope. you know he's gonna make you work. So, you know, I before before we move on to the other guys, I I'm looking at this and I just wanted to, the, the three guys we've covered so far. Jake McGee will be making two point five million dollars this year. Okay, good deal for his output. Um, Camilo Duvall is not even I don't, I don't even think he's on the contract chart here because he's not even arbitration eligible yet. Dude's making a couple hundred grand, if that. Um, so basically nothing. Tyler Rogers, um, and, and and you know again Camilo Duvall under team control for a couple more years. Obviously, Tyler Rogers uh, is arbitration one eligible next year. Uh, so he also is not making much. Uh, point is, you know. Um, these three guys at the back end of the bullpen, freaking financial steals. So, um, which is right up Farhan Zaidi's alley. Loves to find the bargains. So, um, you know, we'll 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 move on though to the other guys in this this really good bullpen. And I'll let I'll let you go uh, first talking about the next couple guys because I know I've I've kind of been talking a lot tonight. Sorry. So that's right. uh, Rob Dominic Leone, uh, first year with the Giants last year. Give me your thoughts on on Leone. Dominic Leone, you know, he was he was one of those finds last year. Another late inning, late inning guy that I don't think any of us saw coming. He was pretty much that prototypical seventh inning just stopper that that bridge to uh, Tyler Rogers and uh, Jake McGee before you know we're talking before Camille Duall got there, and you know his. Uh, yeah, a lot of the year, I, I kept thinking, you know, why, why, why don't they, they let this guy get a couple more save opportunities? Because, you know, because he was, you know, he was nasty, and when everybody was kind of was kind of down on Jake McGee because he didn't strike more, more people out, you know, I, I kept thinking, you know, maybe maybe they'll give Dominic Leone a, a couple save opportunities, but it didn't really come come to fruition with, with him. You know, I mean, two saves didn't get didn't get a, a ton of work, but you know. You know, nine runs in fifty-three innings. Like, what more can you can you really say about that? I mean, that that's impressive as hell for somebody just coming in on a on on a minor league co- contract like like that. You know, only gave up two homers. He, he had a bit of a bit of a wild hair up his nose at times. You know, 
22 walks which is you know it's not it's not great from your uh mid to late inning guy but you know for for what they were what they were paying him last year and what he produced on on, on the field especially in the in the in the, in the big games i thought like he always he shined the best you know against the dodgers and, and the padres at least that, that's how it seemed to me especially early in the season you know you you can't ask for a, a ton more out of Dominic Leone, which scares me because we all expect him to do the same thing this coming year. And, you know, is he going to do it? That's, you know, that, that's the big question, but wait, what he did last year, you, you, you can't, you can't be uh, disappointed at all. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, he, he kind of showed his versatility because he was one of those guys for Kapler that would be, you know, Hey, I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. Like you said, he had a couple of saves. He started four games. I mean, like he was openers. An, yeah, you're right. He, he was an opener option. Um, but overall, had a great year, man. A one five one ERA, fifty strikeouts, twenty two walks. He would get that wild hair up his ass and, and walk some guys. But you know, he appeared in fifty seven games, fifty three and two thirds innings. Uh, he was used like he was. He was a focal point in this bullpen, and. Um, you know, uh, I'm excited to have him back again. I, I think he's uh, he's a guy that just you can just rely on. And so, um, yeah, Dominic Leone, um, you know, I don't I don't know what his contract is for this year, even though I have all of them in front of me, of course. But he is a free agent after this year. So probably making not a lot, not not a lot. Yeah. And and if you were if you were to tell me for the season last year that Dominic Leon were throwing 53 innings, I'd say the Giants are getting their fucking ass kicked. True. True. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And that's not what happened. We all know that. So, you know, props to him. He's you know, he's third year arbitration eligible. Um, And I don't I, I I planned poorly. I apologize. I don't have the um, arbitration agreement numbers uh, in front of me, but it's not it's not much. Can't be much. The Say Hey Podcast is sponsored by Manteca Bedquarters. Whether you're located in the Bay Area or the Central Valley, head out to Manteca and visit Manteca Bedquarters for great rates on mattresses from Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, and other top brands. Manteca Bedquarters also has bedroom furniture and bedding accessories. Located on the corner of Main and Yosemite in Manteca, visit MantecaBedquarters.com for more details. Um, Jose Alvarez lefty came in last year, first year with the giants after, uh, several years in Philly. Talk about Jose Alvarez, Rob. Jose Alvarez. He, you know, he, he was the guy that I kind of kept track of in, in Philly because he, you know, I, I, I loved his fastball and, and I, <laughs> you know, if for you junkies out there, he was the guy in, uh, was it was the COVID season, I believe, where he got he got hit in the nuts with that ground ball, you know, and <laughs> that that poor guy, you know, he was a basically a, a blooper for for a while. Took a ground ball, right the shoot, right right to the nuts. It, it was it, it was awful, but <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was it was yeah, it was awful. It was it was it was the worst. I don't wish that on any man. So yeah, yeah, he, yeah, exactly. But yeah, then he he comes to the Giants last year. He was a le- he was a lefty need, you know, for kind of for the, that middle relief. You know, you got you had your Jake McGee, you had your Jake McGee who was going into the year your closer. Then you had your the only returner you really had was Harlan Garcia, and Jose Alvarez sh- shows up and you know he he gave them six, 64 innings only and only seventeen runs, which is pretty pretty impressive. Kept the ball in the ballpark, on, only two homers. Yeah. I get- no. Again, you know he, you know he had a bit of a lot of his ass at times. You know, nineteen walks, but forty, but forty-two strikeouts. And this is this is a guy who was just kind of he was a situational dude who would come in and just face a couple lefties. You you know, in the fifth or sixth inning, when we when you're you're trying to build build that bridge to to your Holland Garcia's, to your Dominic Leones, to your Tyler Rogers, and to your Jake McGee's. So he was a guy who, who didn't really have a, a true role coming into the season, but 
the stuff what the stuff was tr- was there and i didn't know what he would en- end up doing and I, to be totally honest with you i don't know what's gonna what's gonna be his role going into 2022 but i i, I got i gotta believe that gabe kapler and you know and, and the and kurt young and those guys they're gonna have a, a lot of confidence in him to get you know big outs against your well, i can't i can't say uh cory seeker anymore but with the dodgers thank but, god yeah thank god but yeah you, you know you're 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 bryce harpers and and, and dudes like dudes like that in, in in the national league so it's he he's neat on the team because yeah outside of harley garcia they don't really have any middle relief lefties the great thing that I really and you touched on his splits a little bit. Um, the great thing that I love about Jose Alvarez is he you're going to get basically the same outcome uh, with lefties and righties. Mm-hmm. I mean, he faced he had 126 at bats from righties last year. He had 118 as lefties. Now listen to this: he gave up 27 hits against righties, 26 hits against lefties. He had a batting average against of 214 against righties. 220 against lefties it didn't matter dude like he mm-hmm. is he is is even kill as they come the only difference i would notice here in his splits are against righties he struck out 26 and only 16 against lefties he did walk a lot more right-handed batter so yes. yeah he's probably a little more effective to lefties but he's pretty much split proof which is mm-hmm. which is really important especially in in today's baseball where you know you have that three batter minimum you know, if you have a lefty righty lefty or a righty lefty righty coming up, you know Jose Alvarez is a safe bet to to be successful going out yeah. there. I think I think what goes severely overlooked in the last year, and nobody, and again, nobody gives a shit because the Giants lost in the first round. But Farhan did such a good job last year of establishing a bullpen with even splits. Yes, you know, because with, yeah. with 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 the three batter rule that got implemented. That is so important, and I totally just, agree. I pray that Major League Baseball, the rest of the league, I guess I should say, does not catch up with that because Farron did such a great job with that, and I think that's why the Giants were so successful in in close games and late inning games. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And and speaking of another, uh, you know, middle late lefty reliever, Harleen Garcia, I, and I like Harleen Garcia a lot. I know this is raw. Is this your favorite? This is your favorite yeah. arm of the bullpen, right? Yeah. Dude, first of all, he's got a great name, like Harleen. Like, come on. Oh. But no, hey, the, the last couple of years, this dude's been solid. Um, yeah, I'll let you start again. Harleen Garcia, Rob. Harleen Garcia. Yeah, my favorite thing about him before he came here from the uh, Marlins was, you know, he had his name on his glove. And I thought that was really, really cool. <laughs> you know, how do you? how do you not be excited about a guy who shows up and you don't really know who the hell he is, but he's got his name on his glove. It's like, Oh, that's the guy from the Marlins. And if you're a Giants fan, you know, the Marlins primarily beat, beat the Giants six out of, uh, you know, seven times every year, <laughs> you know, somehow, some way. So yeah, Hanlo Garcia was, you know, he was a special project, you know, just, he was a lefty, which, which was a need. Kyle Cote Alvarez. He was a, between him between Garcia and Alvarez, you were hoping one of these guys would kind of would, would bang last year and be reliable. And luckily they both were, which is awesome. But I mean, he appeared in 58 games. You know, I think the one knock on him was they tried to use him in the closer role a few times and it, it didn't really work out. Yeah. Which was, yeah, unfortunate, but that's not why he was here. But yeah, you know, 68 innings, you know, 20 yard runs. He did give up nine home runs, which isn't great. <laughs> great no, for, it's not. for a reliever. Yeah, we can get to that. And eight of them against righties. Yeah, and eight of them against righties. So that, but that just that just shows you right there that you know he was he was trusted to go in there and get and get dudes out. And mm-hmm. the stuff is there. You know, sixty eight strikeouts. How about that? You know that. And it's, you know when you get when you're dropping sixty eight strikeouts and sixty eight and two thirds, you're doing something right out of the pen. You know that's that swing swing and miss stuff that everybody talks about now that you want out of your bullpen guys. And Garcia was one of the few on the giants that was able to get, to get those swing and misses that everybody loves. So, you know, I, I, I'm a big Harley Garcia guy, obviously. And I just, I really hope that he can build off these positive, these positive years in San Francisco, these last, you know, these last two seasons. And yeah, you know, hopefully he can, adapt to the later innings at some point because he, the stuff is there the strikeout stuff is there but 
you know, the mentality. That's why I, I defend Jake McGee like, like nobody else. Yeah, he doesn't have strong stuff, but goddamn, that dude believes and he locates. And hopefully, Pablo Garcia can can get that in the late innings too here at some point. The, the couple things that I take away from Harleen Garcia: one, he had a fantastic 2020. I mean, a .49 ERA, cruise dude, in 18 and a third. Um, the the thing that stuck out to me was he did he didn't he didn't strike out a ton of dudes. 14 Ks in those 18 and a third, and he did walk seven, so only a two to one you know, K to BB ratio, but so, though, but that, that gave me hope. Like, I wonder if this guy's going to end up being like a real eighth inning option and maybe get some save opportunities for the giants, you know, and we fast forward to what we know now, you know, before 2022 and it's like, well, he's not really that, but he's still really damn good. And I think he has really found comfort in those sixth and seventh innings. Um, you know, you, you did all his numbers from last year, but, Another thing that sticks out in those 68 and two thirds innings, 68 strikeouts, he went from, you know, a nice 6.9 Ks in 2020 to 8.9 in 2021. Like he became more dominant with his stuff, you know, more put away stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and he's 29. And again, another one of those guys not really uh, getting made uh, paid much. You know, the Giants, Giants bullpen may be the best you know, bargain unit in baseball, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think he's a guy that's uh, going to improve and get even better. And, uh, you know, especially with, like you said, with what he can do against lefties, if he can kind of flatten out those splits a little more and become a little more even keeled, um, you know, the sky's the limit for Harleen Garcia. Yeah. I think he's got the stuff. So really excited about him. Last couple guys, before we kind of go into our, I guess you could say hybrid guys um, and we'll, we'll get to them, but uh, let's talk about Zach Littell for a little bit. Uh, you know, a guy that was around for, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, 2020 season in Minnesota last year, he came to the giants and um, he's still pre arbitration eligible as well. You know, it doesn't have a ton of service time, but you know, for the most part, he was kind of like, lightning in the bottle for the giants. I mean, he did uh, start two games as an opener, um, but he appeared in 63 was up and down a couple of times. He has those options of course, but 61 and uh, two thirds innings pitched um, an ERA of two, nine, two, very respectable um, 63 strikeouts, 24 walks. So, you know, a little more than a, a strikeout per inning. So uh, Littell, he's going to be in the mix again this year, right? Yeah, he's got to be in the mix again, and he's he's one of my uh, favorite projects in the uh, Giants bullpen because, yeah, he um he was such a, he was a conundrum down there. He truly was. Uh, you know, he you would put him in with a seventh inning, like say, okay, let's say Leon had pitched two straight days or something like that, and he couldn't go. You know, all right, we're gonna give this to tell. Latell could come out there, walk a few dudes, give up a hit, and he would have the base loaded freaking no time. And then he would get a pop up, and then he'd strike two guys out in a row, and then he'd, yeah. he'd, he'd get out of that shit. He he drove me up the fucking walls last year, and as he did you and everybody else, I'm sure. But he would, yeah, he would make just the the worst situation out of the easiest ones, but then he'd make the best out of the worst. And it was, um, you know, just really, yeah, it was just really interesting just kind of watch him de- develop, develop last year. Cause they, they wanted to, when, when, when Jake McGee went down in that short period at the end of the year, I think this is before Camilo Duvall came up, they tried to make him the closer. And he, and he I think he got like the first like two. And then the, after that, he just, he, he, you know, his shit hit, hit the fan hard yeah. and yeah, it didn't work out. And then that was, that was a prompted Duvall to get called back up. So he, he, you know, he's really a, he's a special case, but you know, uh, uh, the 24 walks, you know, that doesn't help him last year and go in 61 innings. That's not great. Obviously seven bombs, that, you know, that that's, that's not, that's not great. 61 innings, but the dude, the dude, had, he had, he did have something about him. You know, he had a bit, a bit of, a bit of moxie out, out there when 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 shit when shit got real so 
you know, he's a guy I don't feel spectacular about going into uh, 2022, but he's a guy I like to have in, in my pen because I, because I know he, he's not afraid of any situation. It's just a, a little lesser version of Harlan Garcia to where he's got to learn just to harness every situation that that's thrown at him. And because the stuff is there. And I think Farron and Scott Harris know that. But let's tell, you know, another guy that the Giants have managed to, you know, post from the uh, Twins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, you know, don't pick and, up the phone, guys. Yeah, yeah. Don't pick up the phone, Minnesota. But yeah. I'm a big tell guy because he just, you know, he likes to make it interesting and find a way kind of, I don't want to put dirt on Brian Wilson's name because, you know, he's a world series champion, but yeah, kind of, you know, kind of like that, you know, a lot of messes that he cleans up himself. You know, uh, Littell, I, I agree with pretty much everything you just said. Littell, you know, he, he was better against righties last year, for yeah. sure. I mean, he had 183 batting average against um, lefties hit 250 off him, though. That's not good at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he had a, a his fair share of, I'd say, two-thirds of his, you know, batters he faced were right-handed. But, you know, either he's going to become – figure stuff out and be uh, more split-proof or, you know, he's just going to be a righty specialist. So, I and again – you know, and we'll talk in a little bit about, you know, the whole opener thing, but you know, who, who knows? He could be up for uh, as an opener guy. Um, he, he did do that a couple of times last year. You're right. He did. He did. You're right. Um, the last like individual I want to get into, I, I do want to touch on this because I feel like we should, uh, you know, discuss it real quick. And I know it's not in our notes. I apologize. Tony Watson got traded for uh, he is a free agent right now he's not on any roster I just want to say that Um, you know he was with the Giants a couple years ago was with the Angels last year Um, you know Farhan made a really quiet trade Uh, who did they send down there was it Sam Selman I believe Sam Selman to the Angels to get Tony Watson and I was very pessimistic at the time I was like yeah you know what's he gonna do Tony Watson was really solid coming back to the Giants, throwing harder than he ever had before. I know, I know he's going to be about 37, I believe, but I would, I would be interested to see if Farhan takes a flyer on him again, maybe as you know, just another lefty option. Maybe he agrees to a minor league contract or something super cheap. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but the last guy uh, before we talk about, like I said, our hybrid guys is John Brebia and. You know, now here's a guy. No, I'm playing. Um, no, go for it. Hey, come on, Chris. <laughs> uh, John Brebbia had uh, some good years with St. Louis Cardinals. Um, you know, just a couple of them, uh, but had some good numbers for the most part. Um, never had an ERA, but three five nine. Um, had Tommy John in 2020. Giants signed him. And he struggled last year, had a finished with a five, eight, nine ERA in 18 games was up and down a little bit at the end of the season between San Francisco and Sacramento. Um, you know, a guy that was throwing mid to high nineties before he got hurt last year, he was kind of, you know, in that low to mid nineties area. Um, you know, I, I, we have the same pet peeve uh, with, with, you know, John Brebbia last year. Uh, you know, and it wasn't really his fault. Uh, and I'll, I'll have you kind of talk about that, Rob. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's a little disappointing because, uh, John Brabier, like you said, coming off Tommy John that in St. Louis, a couple of great years in St. Louis where he was a formidable arm in the back in the end of their bullpen. And, you know, it was almost like it was too good to be true because, uh, uh I remember driving back home. I was camping in Oregon for a week. And the day I was driving back up was the day John Brebbia got activated. And I'm sitting there with, with my dad and I was like, holy shit, they activated John Brebbia today? What the fuck is going on? Like, I didn't think he would be coming up at least till the 4th of July. And this is like third weekend of June, something like that. And as, and as soon as he got up there, you know, Gabe Kapler, you know, they started throwing him into games and just getting him a lot of a lot of work. I believe he pitched in the first two days he was activated. By the yeah, way. yeah, and it was it was just, it was on, on like Donkey Kong. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, for him. It, I don't know if he was talking himself into games, but 
you know, but they obviously, they believed in him big time, but it just, it didn't, it didn't go the way it should, it should have gone for him. Like I th- I felt like they did him a bit of a disservice. I mean, good God, you know, he gave 25 hits and 18 in the third innings. That, that's not John Brebbia. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, you know, 12, 12 earned runs, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the 5.89 ERA, that's, that's not, that's not him, you know, right, right there. And just not the 20, 22 strikeouts. See, he's got more strikeouts st- stuff than that. I, I believe I mean, that, that that's not bad considering the 18 and a third, but you know, I, the four, four home runs. No, uh, uh, no, I, I can't, I can't b- believe that that's him. And I want to say it was like his fifth or fourth or fifth outing back. I mean, it was super early and they were playing this, the St. Louis Cardinals giants are like down five to three going to the seventh inning and they bring, and they bring Brebbia out mm-hmm. and, and Gabe Kapler lets him throw like a 44 pitch inning. And this is, this is like a week and a half after he got back off of Tommy John. And I, I just remember looking at the screen go, what the f- fuck are these guys doing letting you know, letting a guy who just came off Tommy John in a game that the team is losing throw nearly 50 yeah, pitches throw nearly 50 pitches in a freaking inning and I I just I don't remember I can't remember what the scenario was at the time whether the bullpen was shot it, it had to have been but yeah I'm sure there's extenuating circumstances that I don't remember but I just felt like Brebbia got the short end of a, the whole lot of sticks last year I credit to him for getting back quickly you know, from, you know, from Tommy John and pushing yeah. the, 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 the envelope and betting on himself. You know, I guess I, I, I can say, but yeah, I just, if we see more, more John Brady this year, I expect a, a lot better. Yeah. You know, I will wrap up with Brebbia, but I'm with you. I, I think, you know, getting an off season now and possibly an extended off season, who knows? Um, but, you know, he'll be, you know, nearly two years removed from his Tommy John. Uh, I'm hoping just a fresh, healthy guy could be a, another lightning in the bottle shot in the arm um, for the Giants. That'd be great. They, You know, they agreed on he's still arbitration eligible, by the way. And they they picked him up on that for just eight hundred thirty seven thousand bucks this year. It's crazy to think that, like, he's, you know, only an arbitration two uh, candidate. So, again, another you know, fairly cheap option. He has options. So, you know, if they need to like get him right uh, in Sacramento or whatever they can. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not ending um, the John Brebbia era in San Francisco, no. um, you know, to wrap up our, our bullpen segment, I, we can touch on these guys together real quick and just fly through it. Curving Castro, Tyler Beatty and Sammy long. And, uh, regarding Castro real quick, my thoughts are if this guy is not a fifth option in the starting rotation, which is possible. I don't think it will be because I think, you know, Farhan may go sign a free agent and round out that fifth man rotation, but fifth man in the rotation. But if he's not in the rotation, I think he may start the season in Sacramento and get stretched out there. Um, you know, we saw, uh, periods throughout the season where he did do that um, for the river cats last year came up again. Like we touched on last week at the end of the season last year and was really good. I think he threw like 10 innings, didn't give up a run. Um, but you know, also we, uh, our buddy Brooks who uh, comes on here all the time, say, Hey Brooks, what's up buddy? Uh, you know, he, he is a big advocate. And if, if you want to check out the numbers, we don't need to go into them. Go on Giants Chatter, our Facebook group, and look at all the numbers he posted today. He's very much in favor and thinks that there's a possibility the Giants go with a six-man rotation. The numbers prove that on, you know, four days of rest, five-plus days of rest, uh, the, you know, the latter Giants starters had more success. Um, and Kirvin Castro kind of fits into this 5A, 6A, you know, kind of, option um in the rotation or bullpen so i think we're gonna see curving castro you agree with that for sure no yeah curving castro is going to be part of this uh, rotation in one way or another as of right now 
you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but right now he'd be my five. I don't know if this would be like a, actually, you know, I, I take that back. I could see somebody being an opener and having Kirby Castro come in and pitch like the third, fourth, fifth, maybe possibly the sixth, you know, I could, cause he is a weapon as until further notice until the league adjusts to him and start slapping him around, which will happen at some point, <laughs> but, but Kirby Castro is a weapon right now and he will be you know, in that rotation in some variety. As of right now, I yeah, like I said, I would say the Giants would go with an opener as the five, but, you know, the Giants aren't done with uh, making pitching moves yet. Spoiler. So, next guy, real quick, Tyler Beattie. Um, you know, Rob, Rob and I aren't huge fans of him. Um, feel like he's kind of on his last resort of, you know, really proving himself in this Giants organization. Now, I, I don't want him touching the rotation. I know that he is technically a starter. Um, I mean, do you think that he could be, like, we'll see him first out of the pen uh, as an option rather than, you know, as a starter in the rotation? He will not be a starter in any yeah. rotation that has, a, you know, major league arms ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tyler. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But um, yeah, he will make the roster as spring training unless something crazy happens because, yeah, he kind of has to. He's out of options, I believe, and he's 29. <laughs> and he I throw strikes. He can't throw strikes. <laughs> and but spring training, whether that's going to be um, normal or shortened, we don't know. Um, I am hoping he has a great spring training. Yeah. And the Giants can make a decision on him from there and maybe possibly trade him to somebody who is desperate for anything possibly positive because, you know, Tyler Beatty has been around the Giants carousel every way you could possibly imagine. And I'm rooting for him, Tyler. Yeah, I'm rooting for you, man. But please, uh, Give it your all in spring training. I, I j- 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 just for just for your your sake, whether it's with the Giants or somebody else, please. I think my personal ceiling for Tyler Beatty is that he throws well enough to up his trade value, and we get you know a top fifteen to twenty from a team ranked prospect or something, something like that. Oh god, I'll take uh, that's being very. Uh, optimistic but you know whatever we'll see um last guy another guy you know started a couple games last year also came out of the bullpen sammy long another guy that you know we're not super high on um i'd probably rather see sammy long get more opportunities than tyler Beatty. he's younger he throws harder um he's lefty um you know is sammy long really like possibly a, a long relief guy do you think uh, what do you think about i think that's where sammy long fits on this team uh far on scott harris obviously love him you know dragging him out of uh base, baseball purgatory last year and and into great things you know the stuff is is there it's just uh, harnessing that that curveball to locate it enough to where he feels comfortable backing up with the fastball because yeah. man he just when he couldn't locate that curveball oh my god it was like put on a helmet and look the fuck out because <sighs> there there was line drives coming everywhere yeah <laughs> no true. True. so yeah i mean we're, we're all rooting for uh sammy long to uh get into this uh you know early but he's not making the rotation let's be real but uh mop up man you know long relief i think there's a spot for him there potentially Yep. I, I agree. Um, yeah. So that's, those are, that's our uh, bullpen episode that we've been looking forward to do. Rob, you made me, put, <laughs> made me put bonus questions here at the bottom. I want to hear what you have in regards to bonus questions. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be great. All right. Um, this is uh, about the uh, Super Bowl on Sunday. These oh. are, yeah. These are a couple uh okay. Yeah. And just so you know, Doug and I did not talk about this before. No, we did not. <laughs> Um, these are Super Bowl prop bets, and I just want to get your take for okay. my uh, possible, uh, you know, future endeavors and yours. And okay, yeah, I'll be making a few this okay. weekend. Sure, of course. Mickey Guyton will be singing the national anthem. <laughs> Great voice, all, by the way. Great voice. Okay, so you know who Mickey Guyton is? Yeah, I didn't know until a couple of days ago. Yeah, okay. she's she she's 
she's labeled as country. She does some country. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Will she go over or under a minute 37 with a national anthem? Ooh. Uh, you know, she's long-winded, strong, powerful voice. Uh, I can take the over on this one. I think she's going to push two minutes. All right. That's why I took two. This is yeah. great. We're moving right along here. <laughs> okay. Which will be the first uh, brand of beer in the commercials? Will it be Corona, Bud Light, Coors Light, or Miller Light? Now, here's a quick question. What channel is this on this year again? What was that? What channel is the Super Bowl on again? Oh, it's on NBC. It's on Col- NBC. Now, here's a guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so Tony Romo will not be calling it. I was going to say, if it's on CBS, <laughs> give me Corona. Um, NBC. I'm going to go with Bud Light. All right. All Bud right. Light is the first beer commercial. Okay. Okay. I, I like that. I, I was leaning Corona because um, uh, Snoop Dogg's doing the halftime show and but oh, that's I, a good tie. Good tie. Yeah, yeah I was just you know, thinking outside the box. I, mean, I don't know. Hey, I'm excited for the halftime show, man. We're getting some some good rap. This yeah, year. me too, man. It's gonna bring me back to uh, Malibu's most wanted. But, uh, <laughs> okay, now um, this is kind of a these are an in-game one. Okay. Do you do you think there will be a touchback on the opening kickoff? Yes or no? Yes. 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 Okay. I haven't decided on that one yet, so I was I was wondering. Well, yeah, you have Gay and McPherson, who are both pretty darn good kickers. I in in powerful, strong legs. I I think they're going to be a little hyped up. They're going to kick it deep. Yes, yeah. and they're, and they're inside, and yeah, true okay. in a dome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Over under one and a half fumbles lost during the game. Ooh, lost. Well, Joe Mixon is playing. Oh, oh sorry, Rob. Sorry. Oh man. He's a Sooner. Um, Damn. Not the greatest guy, but he's a Sooner. You know what? I'm going to take the over. I think I think Joe Mixon loses one. I'm sorry. And then I think, like, is it Sam Hubbard, who I really like on that Bengals front, gets to Stafford, and Stafford fumbles one in the backfield as well. I was just going to say, I think Stafford's going to lose one. I yeah. think I, mean, I think Burrow's going to lose one. But Okay. Well, that would be is, two. So. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because, yeah, the, the uh, over for fumbles lost in the game is plus 210. Now, this is not just fumbles. This is fumbles lost, lost. which means it's a turnover. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I had to read the fine print okay. on that. Okay. <laughs> um, You know what? Man. I'll take the I'll, I'll take the under now that I'm really thinking about it. Oh, okay, I think okay. I think I, I apologize. I think <laughs> that there will be two fumbles, but only one gets lost. I think there will be three. Stafford fumbles. will you know, and if you don't know me by now, fuck the Rams. Uh, Stafford <laughs> is probably gonna you know recover his own and then throw the ball okay. up to Cooper Cup next time for a touchdown. That's fair. I think there will be three fumbles and two will get lost. But all right, okay, okay, okay. Let's go with the plus money there. Okay. Okay. And color, color of Gatorade dumped on the on the winning coach, or will it be water? No, it's gonna be Gatorade, and it's gonna be blue. Blue. See, I got I got light blue Gatorade right here. Oh man, we again, we did not talk about this. <laughs> yeah, we did not. I, I, I didn't. I had no idea what your bonus questions were about. <laughs> no, come on man we we're degenerates on here like we it's a super bowl weekend man. it's the last football season or last True. football game of the year we gotta get, get down on this shit yeah any other ones no that was it, it. okay that, was, that okay. was my five. Oh man so do everything the opposite of what i just said <laughs> if you want to make money i'll no, play by the rich. way uh uh you know i feel like we have to do this disclaimer now we are not betting professionals and if you have a gambling problem call nah. 1-800-GAMBLER nah <laughs> hey we've all been there all right <laughs> Oh, that was fun. Thank you, Rob, for that five minutes. That was fun. Yeah, no problem. Um, so, yeah, hey, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll wrap with this. Um, if you're joining the Say Hey podcast, it's, you know, it's been kind of, I don't want to say tough. I mean, we, we have a great, great time every time we come on here. But, you know, uh, content's been a little, uh, you know, here or there. Um, you know, if you've been enjoying it, we'd, we'd love you to go on Apple Podcasts, give us five star, leave a nice little review there. Um, if not, then just don't do it. Uh, but you know, uh, we're having fun and, uh, yeah, we are episode 67. We're going to, we're going to touch base on that CBA. We'll dedicate an entire episode to that. And then after that, uh, we'll get back and start talking about some bats and, uh, yeah, 
excited about that. So, Rob, any closing thoughts? No, you know what? Uh, I think we're all just a little frustrated about what's going on with baseball. And uh, we're just uh, trying to look at the positives here every day. Like we're getting news about the DH, and yeah, we're getting a little, little, little tidbits, little, you know, leaves thrown at us. So hopefully we are uh, closer to getting a resolution to this thing and playing some ball because I, I know the players are pissed and I know we're all pissed. So, you know, Let's get this thing done. You know, the game can't really afford to uh, sit on the sidelines. Well, good thing is, is Rob and I are very high about this Giants bullpen again next year. So absolutely we are. We are excited about that. So, uh, yeah, until next time, we'll see you next time on the Say Hey Podcast. For Say Hey Doug and Say Hey Rob, go Giants. Go Giants. When the Giants come to town. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.